I want to see what that dad bot can do out there. Not buying your banjos around the campfire. Shove them up your ass. It is football and other F words. I'm your host, Mr. Lebowski. I'm joined by Zach Lyons, and I'm so used to saying Michael Herndon, but he's no longer here. So it's just the two of us. Zach, I tried to do you a little bit better this week on the introduction instead of this is my podcast and Zach just kind of shows up. Well, I appreciate it. I mean, we had a big <laughs> sit down talk uh, with our mediator, Stoney Keeley, on Friday and or Saturday, and I, I think it really helped, you know, progress our relationship, you know, and help mend those fences. You bring up a good point. We got to sit down with Stoney. That was a really good time. If you do not currently check out Sobros Network for anything, do it. Because that team is putting in a lot of work behind the scenes. Not that I wasn't surprised because their content is good. But I don't know if you took that away, Zach. But I took that away. I drove away from that meeting, that that you know early dinner we had with him, thinking, my God, they work hard. They're probably work harder than we do. Well, they they also, I mean, Stoney was dropping, you know, humble brags all over the place. He's credentialed for the Super Bowl. He was credentialed for film festivals. He gets into uh, a couple of his writers get into free for concerts. They have record producers, you know, come get him. Say, hey, just come to this concert. You don't even have to write about it. just send a tweet that you enjoyed the show. <laughs> yeah, we get it, Stoney. You guys are pretty professional over there and you write, put out good content, good content and you're rewarded for it. But you should go check out their stuff. What we're trying to say is that if you're listening to our podcast and you've been able to offer us free concert tickets, why not? Yeah. What have you been doing? Yeah. Where's my tickets for free concerts? I love free concerts. Get your shit together. We want free shit listeners. Yeah. Uh, yeah come on. The Titans are eight and two. The national media hates your team. We're going to dive into that. DVOA says the 49ers are winning the Super Bowl. So all is well, Zach. Yeah. I mean, it's all good. I mean, like, not even worried about it because the Titans aren't going to lose a game until probably next year. I assume uh, sometime in uh, September, 2022, they'll probably lose a game. It's uh, They're winning ugly. Um, I mean, that's the first note that, that you and I discussed this morning is that they're winning ugly, but they're winning. They're winning in a way to which I'm sure you've got the stat in front of you. They've used like what? 82 uh, yeah. you know, different people that have taken snaps on this team so far in the league record, something like 84 or 86. Um, the offense this week, you know, one of your main performers for the team, I mean, Marcus Johnson was your lead wide receiver, had 100 yards on the day. A.J. Brown had one reception for 16 yards. I mean, this is not the offense that anyone thought they were going to see at the beginning of the year, but there are two crucial things that are happening. Ryan Tannehill is playing consistently and the defense is playing out of their fucking minds. And I just can't get enough of it. I dare to say that it kind of tickles me a little bit, Zach. It does tickle me. I'm, I'm very tickled when I get to watch this team play on Sundays. I'm just giggling to myself in delight. It, it, you're right. It's winning ugly. And when I, I put out the tweet that they, it was an ugly win, but a win's a win. And a lot of people would say, but it was beautiful. And it's they're they're totally correct. Sometimes those kinds of games happen, uh, whether you're an eight and two team or you're a one and six team, and you're playing, you know, the Buffalo Bills, and you 
barely lose nine to six. Like those, 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 these games happen all the time across the NFL, but it, it matters that you walked away with a win. If you're the Tennessee Titans, because now you're 1.5 games ahead of the Baltimore Ravens. You have a good, clear lead in the AFC South. There's just really, really right now, everything is going in your favor, and I don't see that changing. Uh, the, the Titans just got through the hardest schedule in the NFL. And then I'm trying to find this tweet from Easton. I don't know what he did with it. Did he delete it? <laughs> How dare he move it before we get on the show? Uh, I don't know what he did with it. But, I mean, like you said, 82, 82 different players. We've lost, like, I guess there's been, like, 125 games lost due to injury from, you know, all the different players missing games. We have the longest injury report in the NFL. And... You see all this, and they're just winning. And now they're in the easiest part of their schedule, and people are still wanting to discount them. I'm not talking about the national media because I don't give a fuck what the national media says. I'm talking about people in our own fan base are are still discounting this team and saying, oh, they're probably going to drop two more games, blah, blah, blah. Right now, this team, I do not see them dropping a game on the rest of their schedule. And that is not pom-pom waving, two-tone blue injecting into my body kind of deal. It's just looking at it from a realistic perspective. The Steelers aren't that good, and the Patriots are, uh, I think, a paper tiger. And I don't see them dropping any of these. Can they drop them? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Am I going to bet that they drop them? Hell no. I, I think that they, they can run the table. And I think if you're looking for a team – if you think this Tennessee Titans team is what everybody's saying it is, right? I mean, everybody in that watches the team and everything, they're they're cohesive, they're defensively dominant, they're they're playing big boy football, they're running the ball still and all this stuff. If you believe in this team, then you should believe that they're going to be able to run the table. I think that's realistic. And it's also like I think it's a good 75-80% chance that this this team runs the table. And that's why I'm not worried about these rooting scenarios that get thrown out on Twitter that, look, they're so far ahead of the Bills and they own the tiebreaker over the Bills. The Colts fans are already turning on the Indianapolis team. They're booing them at home. Let's keep that train going and let the Colts continue to suck and their fans continue to go into disarray. Fuck the Colts. Who cares if the Bills win? Because right now... The Titans have the best schedule. The Titans have the tiebreaker. It would have to go epically wrong for anything to happen to this Tennessee Titans team right now. You should be more worried about the Ravens than the Bills and Colts. The Ravens are the closest team to you, and they're 1.5 games back. Take care of your own business. Quit worrying about what other teams do, and just and just worry about what the Tennessee Titans do. And if they take care of business, you don't have to worry about all these stupid ass scenarios and who to root for. Right. Just just root for who you want to. If you want to root for the Bills, root for the Bills. If you want to root for your division rival who has tortured you for over twenty years, sure, go ahead and do that because you got some kind of like weird complex where you can't just trust this team. It's time to trust this team. It's time to trust this defense. The offense is a little shaky, but the Texans will be a get-right game. 
it's it's a good team. It's a well-coached team, and you're looking at Mike Vrabel, who, again, we said it last year, this is a coach of the year candidate. I mean, I yeah. don't understand how you look at everything that this team has gone through with players in and out of the lineup, really big players having to go on IR. This team has no disarray in the locker room. It is discipline. It is playing great football on, on almost all three phases consistently right now. They, you're, they're beating hell of a good team. This is a, just a great team. And I kind of got off track, but that's okay. Well, the, the first point I want to hit on is you're exactly right about their lead over the rest of the AFC, which is so crucial right now. I'll throw out a couple of these. According to um, the New York Times playoff simulator, which is very similar to similar to 538, uh, the Titans have a 76% chance of having the first round by. According to 538, it's a 75% chance. The Titans have not had this kind of lead over AFC opponents since the early aughts, and it may not have even been a two-game lead uh, from the team I'm thinking of, which was 2008. And then there was two years after the Titans went to the Super Bowl, they, I believe they got a first round by. So, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> the, your, your Tennessee Titans are, have a nice, comfortable lead in the AFC. I do not believe this team is going to get soft and drop a couple simply for being soft and simply for letting off the gas pedal. I just don't see that happening. Your Vrabel is in coach of the year mode, and rightfully so. This man is coaching his ass off. These players are playing their ass off for him, even though that ass may get injured and only play one game, but they're playing their ass off for him. But the Titans have the easiest schedule to head out, and they've got two incredibly crucial and very positive things coming up. A, they get, they've got their guaranteed bye week coming up, which I said before the season, I thought that late bye would actually work in their favor. And holy shit, is it? probably going to work in their favor because they're they're going to need some rest badly here in the next couple of weeks but b that first round by going into the playoffs is absolutely crucial i forget the reporter that was talking about it this week to so i can't give credit but he was stating that conversations behind the scenes with every single nfl gm it's the only thing they talk about with the playoffs oh the first round by I mean, the first round by is is crucial you have to have it it's two games and you're into the super bowl this tennessee titans team we've seen is on a huge streak right now, can rip off a win against anyone, two games, get into the Super Bowl, that, that's not a hard path. But I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. I, I do want to discuss this game specifically because, again, as a fan base, you're caught up on you know a couple of things, national media being one of them. But the other one is you've got a lot of other fans and the national media that like to rip into the whole the Saints were the victims of yet another terrible call that ruined the game for the Saints, that ruined the game for Team X. And I'm sure Zach has got an argument against it, and I do too, but that's where I want to start. Ryan Tannehill roughing the passer takes away a Saints um, pick in the end zone from a red zone drive that we were on. A lot of people, including the national media, some in the national media, I should say, are pointing to this as this was the catalyst. This was the game changer. This cost the Saints the game. Dan Orlovsky called it a dog trash call. I thought he I, I, I had to rewind a couple of times. because I thought he said dog shit. And I was yeah, like, I hey, thought good he did for too. him. I think good he stopped him. himself. <laughs> Look, the, the rule is the issue. According to the rule, 
that was the right call. And now I watch a lot of red zone and I watch a lot of football. That call is going to get called nine times out of 10 in almost every game possible. It's not against the saints. It gets called all the time. It gets called every week. It may not look exactly like that, but there is a call every week on the quarterback that is just as shitty. I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. No, that's okay. And listen, Justin Graver went screen by screen. That guy touched the helmet. You just can't do it. It's the same thing that happened with Aaron Donald in the previous week. Look, I don't like the rule. I think that the the referees in the NFL protect the quarterbacks too much. Yes. But under that rule, that is the right call. And let me also say this. In a bang-bang kind of environment, in a fast-paced environment, if you're the referee and you saw that play and you saw that player get that close to the helmet, you know, with helmet to helmet, and the quarterback's head go back, that, that is, it's going to look like helmet to helmet. It's going to look a lot rougher than what it was. This guy, I've seen a lot of people say that this guy was in midair. He didn't, he didn't, he got maybe an inch off the ground. Like, let's be honest here. This guy did not, you know, launch himself or jump. Right. He could have easily avoided that. This in, I just don't see why everybody wants to call and point to this as being some big play that turns everything around that the saints could have won. If they got that interception, you don't know what would have happened on that defensive series for the Tennessee Titans. Maybe they, they would have got an interception playing ifs and buts off of a penalty. And that early of the game does not matter. And let me say this, according to all the statistical analysis that roughing the passer call only increased the Tennessee win percentage by one point. So it went from 72 to 73%. Now the holding call in Kevin Byard, which was also a ticky tacky foul resulted in a three uh, percentage decrease for the Tennessee Titans win percentage. So that was the worst call. If you want to talk about game changing, but let me say this, neither of those were game changing. The, the Titans were doing a good job of, of in this game of essentially controlling this, this, the tempo, controlling the team, controlling and dictating what they wanted to happen. Obviously, Chris Jackson was a huge problem <laughs> for them, but those penalties did not change the game. Those penalties are not why the New Orleans Saints lost and the Tennessee Titans won, and they, they weren't a wrong call. You can call it a weak call. You can call it a soft call, but is 100% the correct call according to the letter of the rule. Get over it, you losers. This is the NFL that we live in, and Mike Vrabel is on the competition committee. That's probably not going away. Nine minutes into the fourth quarter, and this is the example I'll give. Nine minutes into the fourth quarter, the Saints start a drive that ends up taking about four minutes off the clock, ends with a Brian Johnson field goal. Um, to bring them within, I think, 12. So here's the point I want to make. There was a there was a penalty defensive holding against Kevin Byard on the goal line that gave the Saints back another, another additional series. Two penalties against the Titans made a series inside the red zone, nine plays against the Titans. Half of this drive was inside the red zone 
almost half the drive was inside the 10 yard line against the Titans. Two penalties aided and extended this drive for the Saints, and all they got out of it was a field goal. So if you're a Saints fan, or you're just a pessimist Titans fan who wants to defend Saints fan, or you're just a national media member or whatever media member that just wants to pick that specific roughing the passer call that says that changed the flow of the game, I say you're not looking deep at enough. What, something else that changed the flow of the game, Saints not being able to score when they're inside the 10 with eight additional plays. Or missing extra points and field goals. Or, like, or give me a break. extra points. You can't, I'm, I'm sorry, in the in the NFL, you can't miss PATs. And if you're inside the 10-yard line and you're gifted, not, let's not even say gifted penalties. You get penalties called against the opposing teams that go in your favor. You got to put it in the end zone. That's what cost you the game. And again, this goes back to what we have been saying about the Titans win and win ugly. Teams win and win ugly, but you know what? At the end of the day, it's a win in the win column and you're moving on. I hate it for the Saints. Those calls happen in every single game. The the I, I can't believe we haven't seen more egregious taunting calls this week because there were some pretty bad ones last week. I'm sure they'll rear their head again. But the NFL has a referee problem. The NFL has a, a, a light flag problem. They're just they're throwing the flags way too quickly. But that's not a Tennessee Titans problem. That's not a Saints problem. That's not any of the other 30 teams organizations problem. There's nothing they can do about it. The NFL is going to have to be the one to step up and do it. So I'm off my soapbox about that. But I just had to point out that the Saints had eight plays inside the 10-yard line that were aided by two additional penalties. And all they could get out of it was three points, which, by the way, they chose to kick that field goal with five minutes and 35 seconds left in the game. So ask your coach why he's kicking a field goal there instead of trying to drive for a touchdown. Look, when when that play, when that rough and the passer play happened, I thought it was the right call because I guess I just watched more NFL than everybody else because I've seen that call everywhere. And my initial reaction was seeing people on Twitter saying it was uh, the the wrong call that should have never been called. He got bailed. Ryan Tannehill got bailed out, blah, 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 blah. My initial reaction was, look, that, that play gets called every week, almost every time. I mean, it just I, I couldn't believe how many people were so shocked that that play got called, that penalty got called. I couldn't believe it. I feel like I ask you this every week, but I got to ask it again, even though I know your answer. Any concern about the Titans offense just kind of existing right now? Well, let me let me change my tune a little bit. <laughs> I thought the play calling was pretty atrocious. I thought that was one of his worst called game. That was probably Todd Downing's worst called games I've seen. I hated it. I hated watching that game. I hated watching this team on offense. I'll be quite honest. I just really wanted to tune in and watch defense this whole time. And yeah. like, it was, it was bad. That would, that I think in my opinion, that was the worst one yet, because I mean, I felt like drives were stalling a little bit and they could have, you know, they're, they're, they're calling these third down plays where the, the passing goes well short of the sticks. They're calling the second and long and second and long and runs. It's, it just was not a good game. And I just, I, I will say that I, I think that people are that, I just, I just think it's a rough time right now for this offense that we're still sure. 10 weeks in and nobody can stay healthy. 
Nobody can stay off IR. <laughs> and, and it's just a constant rotation of just random people, I feel like, in and out of the lineup that it's just it's it's hard to get into a rhythm. Deontay Foreman should be your the running back that is getting the most. I, I think that AP is still doing some stuff that is is good, but he's just not ready to carry the main load. And he's really not being asked to. But I think Deontay Foreman and McNichols should be your one and two, one A and one B, and then your two should be Adrian Peterson. Really more of, I don't even know if I want to label it as a concern, but it's it's along the lines of light A.J. Brown usage to me seems strange. I mean, he had 16 yards on four total targets, and that just seems low. I, I don't, you almost want to think he's on a snap count, which you know he's not, but I just, I would think, Seeing what this offense has done, you know, last year in the past with AJ Brown, why not more heavy AJ Brown focus right now? Was it just not in the cards, not in the game plan against the Saints? Oh, I would venture to say that if Marshawn Lattimore seemed to be shadowing Marcus Johnson, that they were double covering AJ Brown in some form or fashion on the other side because they don't have anybody else to worry about, right? Yeah. I mean, Let's be honest here. You can probably against this offensive line only rush four or five and be able to do that. And you you saw the Titans try mm. to get him involved, and he just had another bad case of the drops here and there. He, I, in my opinion, I think that touchdown he was well covered, but a wide receiver one makes that play on that touchdown or that end zone pass that fell incomplete. Uh, he may, he mosses the guy, right? I mean, that's what Randy Moss used to do. He would reach over and moss him. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not saying that that is a, I'm not saying anything bad about AJ Brown on that play because obviously good coverage, you know, maybe it's not going to happen, but a wide receiver, a true wide receiver one can make those plays. And it just wasn't in the cards for him that day. It was it was a bad day. The offense still was able to move the ball somewhat through Marcus Johnson, who had a great day and who just, man, he had Marshawn Lattimore in a torture chamber of hell all game. And it's I understand people want A.J. Brown active and in the game, you know, is what I'm saying, active in the game. But sometimes the defense is going to take away your best player, and that's your best player that day. Yeah. There's no Julio. There's no Derrick Henry. Uh, there's nobody else really in the tight end passing game to fear because I, Anthony Ferkser can't catch a ball. Swaim is really slow. McNichols was dropping balls. I mean, everybody was dropping balls, not just A.J. Brown. I It, it, it was it, – a smart defensive game plan is going to be from here on in until Julio comes back is to bracket coverage over to AJ and you're probably going to see these games, but he's going to have to get out of his head when he has one drop or two drops and he's going to have to beat probably double coverage more often than not. Now, and he's going to have to get used to that for the, these next few weeks. We're going to get more into some tickle monster power later on, but tickle, tickle. Tickle, tickle, this, the Titans defense and their ability, I mean, specifically on special teams, the second I go to say this now, I'm blanking on the guy's name. Uh, Dylan Cole. The nice, yeah, that just. Next the man, man up, practice squad guy. 
Yeah. The man tweeted out after the game, a highlight of, you know, him making that tackle and the turnover and then the flex congrats on the flex, bro. You, 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 you put in the work and it shows, but I love that he tweets out afterwards. This beats the hell out of sitting on the couch. I mean, that's fantastic. I think that was I just, a shot at Darren Bates <clears throat> or Will Compton. <laughs> we can make it a shot at Darren Bates. Yeah. It's yeah. definitely, yeah, it definitely could be a shot at Will Compton, which by the way, I'm seeing this every radio show, every local chat, whatever. Look, Will Compton's not coming back. If they wanted Will Compton on the team, they would have had him on the team. We like Will Compton. He's a show favorite, but I mean, he's at home for a reason, right? Well, now. If, he, he's if, not you check, if you check his tweets, he's on the team. If you go read his tweets. <laughs> Between that and the Raiders, I, like it seems like earlier in the season when the Titans hadn't quite solidified their playoff run, he was definitely like between this and the Raiders. Yeah, now he's yeah. on Titans again. Um, <laughs> but I just really, you know, really like the Titans have, you know, again, found pieces that work in situations that they need them to. And I'll extend that to special teams again this week. You know, it, it's Brett Kern is kind of backing his flow, but that crucial turnover was fantastic the defense continues to do their thing i i really that's one of those things that when the defense takes the field i feel like i can reach over to the side of the recliner flip my legs up and smile just watch the shit happen well very specifically talked about uh special teams they they came into a game plan knowing that deontay harris was pretty much the one of the best punt returners in the league and that was the whole point of their special that was the focus of their special teams was stopping him and they they did a great job of that. And, you know, that was probably, and he even talked about it, special teams and punt coverage is all about winning one-on-one matchups. It's basically the most pure form or phase of the game where you're going to get, everybody has a one-on-one matchup. This is what he talked about on Monday's press conference and Dylan Cole called up from the practice squad. Next man up. Great, great, job and great hit i mean what a fantastic hit that was and that's what this game's or this team's all about every week it seems like there's some random player that gets called up and steps up to the plate and answers the call and makes a big play and i i hope that dylan cole is able to possibly stick around on the practice squad if he doesn't you know get signed to the active 53 but Man, what a great play. And you needed that. Like, you needed the special teams if you're the Tennessee Titans to step up in a big way. And I and I think they did. Um, it wasn't – it was still an above-average game for Brett Kern. I really don't care what anybody says. I mean, not, it may not have been his best game, but, I mean, so what? It was still better He's, than most punters. What, <laughs> like, you know, what, what gets lost with someone like Brett Kern is when he's not doing something fantastic, he's above-average consistent. Like yeah. that, you you need pieces like that more than other. And I'm, again, I'm interrupting you. <laughs> no, I mean it's fine. I mean the special teams is great, like you said. Fat Randy on point. He's just Randall, he's Randall and I Randall feel like things. now it's winter. He's gotten fatter and or he's got more layers on. But I'm gonna go with that. He's gotten fatter. He's storing up for the winter. He's got some hibernation coming at, after they win the Super Bowl in he's fat uh, February. There. Yeah. Um, you know we we should probably talk about Chris Jackson. Chris Jackson played 21 snaps and he allowed 120 yards on those 21 snaps. And obviously the saints were attacking him. Now look, there's a lot of people who, who take a bad game and want to overreact and everything. And look, 
it was an atrocious game. I am not defending Chris Jackson's performance in that game. But Chris Jackson's here to stay. I, I don't know these people that want to cut him, that want to bench him. This is the same Chris Jackson that was limiting guys like the Bills wide receivers, the Chiefs wide receivers, and the um, uh, the Rams wide receivers. All The last three or four weeks, he's been playing lights out when asked. I get it. It's one game. It's a matchup problem. I don't know what it is about Deontay Harris or Trey Quan Smith that just had him in a blender, but it's not something that you can the, – the body of work should weigh more heavily than the one game. Now, look, Elijah Molden is having great games, and really, Mello, Justin Mello made this point in our group chat. Fulton's back. Jenkins is playing all right, except for that one where everybody bit on that stupid play action, which was the worst yeah. play action I've ever seen, ever. I've never seen a worse play action play than that play action. And somehow the entire defense bought into it. Not just Jackrabbit, the entire defense did. And let me say this. That goes to show the play action always works. 100% always works. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, that, that play should have never worked, but because it was play action and the linebackers bit, and so did and Jackrabbit got his eyes caught in the backfield, that it, it just went. Now, listen. Chris Jackson should be split in time with Elijah Molden with a fully Fulton, fully healthy Fulton and a fully healthy Jackrabbit. Now, if Fulton or Jackrabbit need to rest, Chris Jackson should obviously come in at those points. But that's okay. It's okay that Chris Jackson comes in for 21 snaps and Elijah Molden maybe splits the other 21 or 22. That, that's perfectly fine. The whole point is, is that this, this kid is not going to get benched or get cut off one bad game. How many bad games has Rashawn Evans had? How many bad games has, you know, a myriad of other players had? Now, sure, they're, they're a little bit more expensive or they have a higher draft capital attached to them. But they're, they're not going to let one bad game skew their view of Chris Jackson. And Chris Jackson has a myriad of other really good games. I was just going to say, didn't Chris Jackson the failed two-point conversion to Mark Ingram on the outside when Jam Brown was not looking over his shoulder and was simply covering him. I'm pretty sure that was Chris Jackson that got his fingers on the ball. I thought right it there. was Jack Rabbit, but okay. you, now I, you have me wrong. doubting it. Now you have me doubting it. I may myself. be wrong. But either way, I mean, he's not a bad football player. He's a seventh-round draft pick from Marshall. And he's been playing lights out every other week leading up to this game almost. And so get a grip on a lot of my theme from here on out in the show is this fan base and people getting a grip, but get a grip on what, on what you're seeing and not worry about it. I, I feel like that the next 15, 20 minutes, the fans are going to have to really get a grip because I've seen a lot of blowback in the Titans fan base uh, on multiple things. Okay. Marcus Mariota used to be the one thing you could say to this fan base and they would just go fucking bananas. I have never seen a visceral reaction out of a bunch of grown men. And it is mostly men that have a problem with this with us. Again, let me carefully say this jokingly calling the team, the Tennessee tickle monsters. But now that you all have gotten so upset about their name potentially being the Tennessee Tickle Monsters, I want this to actually f 
fucking happen. I have never wanted something more in my life. And I've got to say 60% of it is just to make you all mad who get up in our mentions with your sunglasses in the car selfie telling us grown men can't be talking about tickling. So let me ask you this, Zach, is it an assault on your masculinity to talk about grown men tickling each other? I mean, I, I just find it all hilarious. I mean, it's first off, this stems from the Brian Baldinger tweet and last week's episode where I said, well, obviously the Tennessee tickle monsters is the best one because I mean, the rest of them were just generic and boring. And so I just said, I mean, I just said that just because, you know, I wanted it to be funny. Right. I mean, it's a bit. And then it started, then, uh, Justin did it on, um, on around the NFL. He brought it up on there. We, we kind of egged him into doing it. And the amount of people that just came out and just start bashing it and just getting so wrapped up in everything, you're the problem. You're the reason it's taken off. I mean, you're absolutely right, Lebowski. If it wasn't for those people saying, you can't do this, or it's got to be this, and it's got to be that, or you blah, 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 the Tennessee Tickle Monster probably would have never taken off. It literally prompted JG to make that video, that hype video. The haters made it, it just prompted him to do it because it was so funny to see the reaction. I mean, last night we were playing uh, on Tuesday, Monday night, we were playing Halo with Ryan. And Ryan said, Ryan on Broadway is still getting hate replies about Tennessee Tickle Monsters <laughs> then. Like, it's just hilarious how much it offends people or not really offends people. It just makes them mad. Look, it's okay if you don't like it. You don't have to call them that. I'm going to call them that. They are the Tennessee Tickle Monsters. Look, people saying that you can't call them that. We, we as a fan base can't call them that. Look, I can do whatever the fuck I want. Maybe you can't because you have this false sense of masculinity or bravado you have to put on to impress you know someone on Twitter that you don't even fucking know. And then there's the people that say the players will hate it. So sometimes you hate nicknames. Look, nicknames sometimes don't make sense. Sometimes nicknames are cool. Sometimes nicknames are to make fun of you. Sometimes nicknames are made out of irony. I was a, I was a pledge in a fraternity, and the day, the night that I accepted uh, my pledge invitation, you know, they came knocking on your dorm door or whatever, and they said, hey, well, you know, do you want to join our fraternity? And they said, they said we're going to call you Cheese. And I go, why? And they go, well, old school just came out. This is how old I am. <laughs> old school just came out. And they, there's that guy that says, cheese, we, didn't we lock you in a dumpster once? And we yeah. just want to say that. So I was cheese for five fucking years. There's people that still call me cheese, you know, on the, uh, when I see them in Memphis. It's just a nickname that stuck. Didn't, I didn't necessarily eat a lot of cheese i didn't fart a lot because of cheese or whatever i mean it was just because of an old school thing and it was the thing at the time who cares what the players think i'll be completely honest i if the players all hate it it's just gonna it's gonna thrive make me thrive in this more because i want the hate but ola daney likes it yeah hey bud dupree likes it we may be getting ola a shirt by the way and, and then the people that scream about the national respect, like, how do you expect, you know, the, the national, you know, media to respect if we continue to call the Tennessee Titans defensive line, the Tennessee Tickle Monsters? 
Look, if you think that's all that's standing in the way of the Titans and national respect is the nickname, I got bad news for you. The Titans defensive line could be called the Music City Tombstone Pile Driver of Souls, and no one would give a flying fuck. They're, they just don't care. They do not care. In fact, Tennessee Tickle Monsters has already been either re- retweeted or quote tweeted by more national media members than any of the replies with other suggestions. And really, it's gotten a lot of, you know, little push in here and there. It's been mentioned on around the NFL, like I said, but they also retweeted the hype video. There's many people in the NFL network that are retweeting and and replying to the hype video. Brian Baldinger recognizes the hype video. Like, really, we got more national interaction out of the ironic video than anything else. Look, if you want to stop the movement, the tickle, Tennessee Tickle Monsters movement, get organized. The many of you insecure losers complaining can't even get together to agree on one of the 50 boring generic nicknames out there. And don't tell me it's not funny. This isn't funny. Blah, 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 blah. Look, I don't think Larry the Cable Guy is funny. Or the fact that Ron White 20 years later is still living off tater salad. But I'm sure many of our listeners do. That's perfectly fine. It's not for me. I still recognize that they're probably funny to other people. You know what I do when that happens? And then Larry the Cable Guy's on TV or Ron White's on TV or Jeff Foxworthy's on TV. These 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 old school comedians that everybody loves that say the same jokes over and over. I don't listen to any other stuff. I move on with my life. That's a, that's a big theme for this episode too. You should move on with your life. You don't have to reply. You know, you can look at a tweet and say, okay, well, I'm just going to choose to ignore that. I'm going to call them the Broadway Bruiser Buddies or whatever you guys are fucking going to call them. The Music City Mashers or, you know, the Hit Squad or something. You know, if you want to call them that, call them that. But until you guys get organized like the Tennessee Tickle Monsters movement, it's it's going to be there. And really, you know, tickle, tickle. It's going to be there and it's going to increase. And I'll say you're exactly right about, you don't have to think everyone, you don't have to agree with what everyone else thinks is funny. You don't. I, I, I know there's a lot of, a lot of people out there that think Jeff Dunham is funny. I think he sucks. I think he sucks hard, but if you tune into that and that makes you laugh, go nuts. And look, you can reply and say, look, I don't get it. I don't think this is funny. Fair enough. But you're exactly right, Zach. It's the ones who came at us with primarily the number one that I saw was you can't call grown men ticklers. You can't talk about grown men having other grown men tickle each other, this and that. Let let me stop you right there and say this. This is a fan base that calls people daddy, that yells for the boys, that has another larger group that yells out, don't be a pussy. But you want to say that saying Tennessee tickle monsters is somehow making your masculinity more fragile wake the fuck up and get a sense of humor. That's one of the biggest problems that we have in national media, politics, people in society right now. One of the reasons why we're so divided is because you don't know how to stop and laugh and particularly laugh at yourself and with others. We do not seriously want this team to acknowledge as the Tennessee Titans that start calling them the tickle monsters. I say that. let Let me say this. I don't agree with you there because it would be freaking hilarious. If well, they did. It, it, yeah, at this point, it'd be a win. And, and I would and so far from- the Tennessee Titans media 
members inside their the the stadium, uh, they're not coming up with anything better. I've seen the tweets. They're they're it's a it's a it's a train wreck, and and that's the problem. Yeah, and that's the problem. We there's specifically one that even tweeted out that this Tennessee tickle monster crap has got to go, and I'm going to come up with a better name. And his suggestion that he came out with was like an eight word disaster. So good luck. But you just you can't have stuff like don't be a pussy and daddy and shit like that in your moniker and talk about that you're too fragile to talk about Tennessee tickle monsters. So really, you kind of brought this on yourself. And let me say this: if you watch the hype video, it displays the irony of the name. It's yes. just on full display because when it's just funny because when he when he hits somebody when a player hits someone or even if they tap him on the helmet the tickle comes up and you can just say tickle tickle and it's just a fun, it's just a fun thing to say that should put a smile on your face because it's just so ridiculous it's absurd embrace the absurdity I don't understand why people have to take themselves so seriously and have to look I don't know if you're all's you know significant other is on Twitter and just will only kiss you and let you in bed. If you display your mat, display this, you know, overcompensating tweets and say, honey, I'm coming into bed today, tonight, because I told those boys that this isn't masculine and you can't call grown men. And she's like, come on in, come on in. Like, give me a freaking break though. This isn't, you know, 1940s bullshit where you have to, you know, you can't big, big men can't cry or whatever fucking shit you want to say it's absurd everybody knows it's absurd but that's what makes it so good you got to think about this there are so many absurd things in sports that have led or whatever you may want to call them, maybe not led but have been a part of basically teams rallying around something ridiculous and becoming champions and I'm going to pull up a few here, just one second. The 2011 St. Louis Cardinals World Series, there, the absurdity was, do it for Torty. Torty was Alan Craig's pet turtle. So their rallying cry <laughs> for the 2011 St. Louis Cardinals to win, and they won the World Series, was do it for Torty. The rally monkey. I mean, how ridiculous is that? The Florida Panthers did a rat trick. The Boston Celtics hid money Doc Rivers had money in the ceiling at the Staples Centers to motivate the Celtics to return to L.A. for the finals. Don't forget the catfish and the Predators, the octopus for the Detroit Red Wings. Don't forget the Chicago Bears did the Super Bowl shuffle two months before the Super Bowl. They didn't even win the Super Bowl yet, and they did the Super Bowl shuffle. You're you're dead. I want to stop you on one. Because you're dead on it. And we're starting to get into the existential part of this, but I'm fine with that. I want to embrace it because I want you all to realize just how stupid some of these fan-driven things are. We as a fan base, and I am included, like the fact that someone is sneaking in a sweaty, disgusting fucking catfish and throwing it on the ice. And we all cheer like a bunch of simple rednecks. That is about as dumb as it gets. The example I was going to use was Pittsburgh and the terrible towel. Because what is terrible about a towel? You're twisting a towel in the air. Oh my God, shit is out of control. But we as a fan base are throwing a fucking fish on the ice. And we're just going, yeah, fuck, there it is. That fucking fish is on the ice. We're going to win. I I mean, you got to relax, people. It ain't all that serious. Just have a laugh. And if if you don't think it's funny, that's fine. But just move on. And for the last piece of you, 
that say that this is going to hurt the Titans with national prominence. Um, being a small market NFL team has, is absolutely killing the Titans from a national prominence. When the Titans win the Super Bowl, two things are going to happen. And I tweeted this out the other day. ESPN's basically just not going to cover it, and DVOA is going to award the Super Bowl to the Ravens. So it has nothing to do with Tickle Monsters. You need to get over yourself. Yeah, it's it's just, you know, we'll dive into the national media. Let's just go into that. Let's go right into that because that that keeps coming up. And look, I, I want to make our case a little clearer here, or at least my case specifically. I'm not saying you can't be offended or laugh at the fact, at the, at the complete joke of how the national media covers the Titans, because it is fucking hilarious. And if you don't think that we don't retweet that stuff to get a laugh and we don't share it within our own group chats to get a laugh, we do. We, we had a damn good laugh over Keyshawn Johnson's comments. Trust us, we, we all fired. enjoyed it too. Oh, yeah. Keith fired retweet him it, yeah. laugh with your fan base. That's a good example of laughing at yourself. Look how stupid this group of people on national TV thinks that we are. That's perfectly fine. It's when you start a retweeting local media members like, but I see this all the time on Buck's show in, in his chat and on, on the, on Twitter retweeting at him. What do you think about this? Retweeting at Paul Garcia, retweeting at Outkick360. Could you believe that Keyshawn is, is talking about us this way? Taking the these stupid ass power rankings that come out, not even not only power rankings that are just based on straight up team strength, power rankings that are based on DVOA or whatever this crap that Pro Football Focus puts out. There's a power ranking that comes out each week that's based on betting stats. It's basically how much money is being placed on a specific team to win, which still to me doesn't make any sense why you would put that as a power ranking, but it's there. Here's my point. Stop taking that shit and retweeting it at local members or uh, us as a whole and just saying, oh my God, could you believe the disrespect we're getting? You're going to continue to get disrespect. The national media doesn't know who the majority of the Titans players are. They, most of them don't watch Titans games unless it's on Sunday night football. Like it was a couple of weeks ago. And they all of a sudden pop up and go, Oh my God, the Titans team is actually kind of good. This shit's going to continue. Do what we're doing with the Tennessee tickle monsters, embrace it, lean into it, laugh along with them. Oh, you're right, man. They're a false eight and two team. What a fucking joke. And go about your day and laugh about it. Cause you know what your team's going to do. Uh, I don't remember the player that specifically said it, but someone said that, we're just worried about what we do uh, talking about the Tennessee Titans. We're, we're not worried about what anybody else does or what anybody else says. We're out here to prove ourselves, right? Not everybody else, right. Or everybody else wrong. Um, I guess my question is, why do you guys continue to watch it? Why are you all so invested in that? You can't miss right. a uh, first take or you can't miss NFL live and all this stuff. Like if you're, you're tuning in, to watch your, to provide yourself with your own misery. I, I don't understand it. Do you have nothing better to do than to tune into this like misinformed screaming heads on TV? Like during the day, I mean, can you not bench watch, you know, I don't know, house or something? Like do, <laughs> do something different with your life. Shake up your routine. It's been like this for longer than the last two years, even in the 2008 season when they were yep. going 13 and 0 and all that kind of stuff. It was exactly like this back in 2008. This is not a new phenomenon. Nashville is not a TV media market big enough for these sports networks because most people in Nashville are soccer moms watching Joanna Gaines on the Magnolia Network. 
Then there's like the PFF, DVOA, NCIS, Twitter accounts that are so wrapped up in their own formulas, they can't even be bothered to look at actual football. Those accounts want your interaction, so anytime they could toss a snide comment or remark in a tweet, they're going to do it. They want you to interact with them. They want all you people that have nothing better to do than to scour the internet for tight mention of Titans and to just jump on them because they thrive on the interaction. They can show this to their sponsors and say, see, look at all this engagement that this account gets. We can charge you more. You're, you're paying, you're helping put money in their pocket by talking to these loser nerds and interacting with them. I'm not saying you should ignore everything that they say because there's some stuff that's just utterly ridiculous, but jumping on every snide offhanded comment about the Titans and worried about, Oh, what is Benjamin Solak going to say on the ringer? Or what is, you know, is Dan or is this the day that Dan Orlovsky, you know, finds his way, you know, out of the end zone and into the Titans media love. And what is, what, what, what can Keyshawn Johnson say? And, you know, where, where, what's Shannon Sharp and, you know, Stephen A. Smith going to say? Like, who the fuck cares? You know, someone brought up the fact that I complain about La Brea commercials and that La Brea TV show. I refuse to stop, by the way. Yeah. Look, it's a bit. I also don't watch La Brea and then complain about it. So that's what that's the difference. I just make fun of La Brea. I, I just laugh at the absurdity that there is some fucking show in 2021 where a hole has ripped open in L.A. and Underneath it is just fucking dinosaurs and a dinos are pouring out. Yeah, like that is an absurd show in 2021. I don't go and watch it. I don't seek it out to watch it, and I don't complain about it all the time. It's not a weekly thing that I bring up. The weekly and, thing for me. Yeah, but you know why? Because I don't. I don't want to. I I recognize yeah. it's not for me. I recognize that I'm not going to get anything out of it, but hating myself more. And it's so easy in today's world to not watch or listen to a show if you don't want to, because there's a myriad of other options at your disposal. Get a life and get happy. Look, if you crave respect for your sports team, may I suggest a few options for you? How about this show? <laughs> how about <laughs> how about one or four or five shows that air from 5 a.m. to 6 p.m.? How about A to Z at 8 a.m. in the mornings on YouTube and Facebook? Because it's not going to be on Twitter because Twitter fucking sucks. Maybe try Coach's Corner live on Thursday and Fridays. There's also shows at 440 Sports. If you want to get dumber, you can definitely listen to the Tighten Up podcast. If you hate nonsense, go to the No Nonsense podcast. What about Home Run Throwbacks on Monday? Second and Victory on Fridays. What about the official Titans podcast? What about the unofficial Titans podcast? Don't forget, 102.5 sort of exists. Outkick 360 does a whole Tennessee Power Hour every day. If you have a Justin fetish, listen to Justin Graver, Justin Mello, and Music City Audible. If you only enjoy reading, there are articles up at paulkarski.com, adzsportsnashville.com, broadwaysportsmedia.com, SoBros Network, musiccitymiracles.com, Titans Size, Titans Wire. There's also Locked On Titans Podcast, who does, and he also does film threads. Speaking of film breakdowns, there's no flag films. There's also the Titan Upload Network. That's over 20 options for you that you can spend throughout the week. And I'm sure there's more that I'm missing. In the end, you have numerous ways to consume information about your sports team every day. And they're all technically national. Some of them are even global. We're number 18 in Denmark currently. 
I, <laughs> you need to break this victim mentality and this cycle of misery. Only you can do it. You have the power within yourself to not take the remote, turn on the TV, find ESPN, and click into it. You don't have to turn on the radio to ESPN Satellite Radio. You don't have to go and download their podcast and listen to their podcast just to be miserable, hoping that this is the week. This is the week is what I feel like that they're going to say. This is the week that we're going to get that national respect. You're getting respect in a bunch of other places. Go listen to that instead of seeking out your stupid, miserable life. Yeah, that got really, um, that got really motivational at the end. Thank you. I was I was impressed. I mean, I I was afraid that we were gonna get a little culty and then have to hire Allison Mack and start branding each other. But I, I you said everything that I want to say because when I get up and want to either focus on what the Titans did the day before or recap myself so that I can come on this podcast and hopefully not sound like a bigger idiot than I already am. I mean, the first people I go to are our website at Broadway. Paul Kaharski, John Glennon, Joe Rexroad, Buck. Oh, I audio about from, Joe. Right. Audio from the day before. The, I have, the, we have too many options and it's a good thing. Trust me. Actually, I, I, I've said this before and I'll say it again. Nat, you, what you should be thankful for in Nashville is that for one of the reasons why we wanted to both do this podcast and do Broadway sports is because we felt that Nashville being ignored by the Nashville media, national media provided a, 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 I guess a black hole or a power vacuum of good content that could be provided. I'm not saying there wasn't already good content. I just felt that we could add to it. We felt that we could add to it. So you should be thankful that in the national Nashville local media, the middle Tennessee media, I guess I should call it, you get some damn good talented people here that write some good, thoughtful stuff about it and, and stop with the whole local media can't seem to get the scoop on his Adam Schefter and all this. You're starting to discover why Adam Schefter gets everything because he's a fucking heel and it's coming out just how greasy that that side of the media is. That's for another day. But I'll say this. You've got a lot of good local content here. You have a, just a bevy of it. Dig into it. It's all there. Every ounce of game reaction. Even if you just want to dig in, and we all do this, you pull up power rankings because you want to see the Titans ranked at spot number X, and you want to feel good about yourself. Trust me, there is more than enough in this city to go around. Radio shows, web broadcasts, podcasts, media that you can read. You, you can do it. So go, go find it. Start with Broadway and then expand out. If you don't like us, when you're listening to this podcast, that's weird, but I get it. <laughs> expand your horizons. You have something either on the radio or on the web from 5 a.m. till the end of the day from an audio and video standpoint and anything you can read 24-7. It's out there. Stop that's, focusing on the national media. They don't yeah. give a shit about your team. They're never going to give a shit about your team. I, I just don't, I don't get why this fan base is so wrapped up and and it's just not this. It's, it's a myriad of things that they're wrapped up with. How do people perceive us? How do people perceive me? It's the same people that are tagging players and, you know, coming to their defense or, you know, it's the same people that are upset about the Tennessee Tickle Monsters or this or that. They're all the same person almost. I just don't get, I, I don't understand 
if if you feel that this these these people are constantly misinformed, right? Benjamin Solak is the latest one on and him and Steven Ruiz are on some ringer podcast and it gets shared in our group chat. And it's the most annoying thing to get that. One of the most annoying things over the last two weeks was that getting shared in there because I'm thinking, why are you listening to this podcast? If these people don't even know what they're talking about, how can you even trust that podcast? What value do you get out of that podcast? Let me tell you what you could be doing with your time. You could be discovering actual great podcasts that maybe aren't Tennessee Titans podcasts or football podcasts, but there is a good podcast called Scam Goddess, which is brought to you by the people that do Team Coco. And it, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, great podcast. But this podcast is about con artists, and this woman brings in comedians, and they talk about cons that are currently going on in the world and past cons and they're just riffing about it and it's a delight it's so fun why continue to put yourself through misery i just will never understand why people complain about something then continue to tune into it yeah and, it's like the people who it's like the people who follow paul and all they do is complain about paul karski they right. they they hate his articles they hate his tweets they hate uh when he's on the radio and he talks but they tune in to every radio show he does they probably pay for his website and, and they follow him on Twitter. Why? 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 I just don't yeah. get it. If you truly, yeah, if you truly hate this man, you would not trying to be provide funding for what he's doing. It sounds like to me that's a you problem. You keep yeah. tuning into something you don't like. I'd, I'll end on this. I'll use the ringer as an example because I'm guilty of this too. I even said this yesterday in our chat. Someone linked the podcast to me because I want to be angry. Did. Too. I was like, but, why? <laughs> yeah, I know. No, you're exactly right. Why? And, and let me give you this specific example. Now, it wasn't yesterday's podcast, but it was last week. Well, fuck them. I'm not advertising for them. But they specifically were talking about the Ravens last week and going into statistical breakdowns of how um, Lamar Jackson throws to the outside, how many deep balls he throws. On it. And, and then when they rolled into the, are the, are the Titans a Super Bowl contender, they said, oh, no. They just kind of brushed it over. Tannehill's playing okay. The defense is playing great, but they're going to collapse. And then I think it was Solak or one of them made a real stupid comment about, no, I expect them to bottom out, barely scrape into the playoffs, which, by the way, is not even mathematically possible. But I say that to say this. This group of people, this group of, of assholes, decided that they were going to provide you stats and statistical breakdowns about why the Ravens could potentially get in the Super Bowl when they get into the Titans. They didn't even bother, bother to throw out a stat. They flat out made out. A, this is a group of people that focuses on math and statistics to make themselves feel better. Decided to make a comment that really is not even mathematically possible at this point. So that's the amount of respect you're going to get from these people. But that's also the level of knowledge you're going to get. So why would you tune in and reward their product with your time? You're, you've only got a limited amount of time. And you to have to stuff. listen to an hour of a show before they yes. even get to you. Like exactly. That's, that's the worst part of it is that th these losers who obviously have no clue what the fuck they're talking about spend an hour talking about football when they have no idea what they're, they're saying. And it's nothing is valid, in my opinion, from these guys. And they spend an hour talking about other stuff, and then you have to sit there, and then you get like five minutes of a blurb, which is only there because Steven Ruiz and Benjamin Solak knows that if they say something stupid about the Titans, you guys are going to come and at them and engage them and get them paid. That's exactly what I did. 
I, I fed into it. I'm not going to feed into it anymore. I want you all's commitment that you're not going to feed into it anymore because here's also what happens, especially when that media group or that show tweets out, can you believe what person X said today? And you take it and retweet it and say, blah, blah, blah. Look how outraged we should be. You're feeding right into their clicks, their likes, their impressions. As someone All who's of that the, matters yes, to them. And as someone, Zach knows this too, as someone who has been on the other side of digital marketing companies that are trying to help out retail groups, media groups, whatever, all they want to talk about is fucking impressions. You are an impression every time you take their media and share it with other people. Stop doing it. You're actually helping their calls, not hurting it. So I'll end on this. For those that get upset about people that travel to Nashville and buy cowboy boots and go downtown and wear, you know, white undershirts and act like idiots on, on buses. What's the number one thing you always hear them say, Oh my God, we had no idea that Nashville was so X and you want them to leave. Is that what you want for the national media? You want them to pay more attention to you so that they start treating you like the jets and the Cowboys and the giants and all that. So that they have every statistical minutia piece of bullshit lined up to rip your team apart. when you fail at the least likely thing? Don't do that. Just let them ignore us. Dive into the local stuff. You got more than enough. All right, I'm done pimping our own product, but Look, we're the, here. The the team thrive, and let me say this: the team thrives on the hate, and yes. they don't. Like I said, that player, and I think if this goes for the whole locker room, we're out here to prove ourselves right, not everybody else wrong. And I think that's a great quote. That and this team is just they they know who they are. They're comfortable in their own skin. They don't need validation from the national media. I'm sure it'd be a nice little bonus, but fuck it. I mean, here's the thing. Be comfortable in your skin. Be comfortable who you are as a fan base, and it does, nothing else matters. Because right now, this Tennessee Titans team is about to go into the Texans, or the Texans about to come into Tennessee, and going to put going to destroy them. I'm telling you, this is going to be a double-digit win. The offense is going to get right. Going to do a lot of stuff right here, right now, this weekend to get right, try out some stuff, put in some new wrinkles into the game plan to make other defenses have to game plan against it. It's like that uh, when they only had like three offensive linemen during that Des Fitzpatrick play, which we didn't even get into the the misinformed hype coming out of the Titans camp that this guy was going to be something great and everybody buying into this Des Fitzpatrick like a bunch of suckers. Who that play? They only had three offensive linemen. Listen. defensive game plans for the future now have to keep an eye out on that play, hopefully with a better receiver receiving the ball, but they have to game plan for that play. They now have to spend a little bit of time saying, well, how do we defend against this? If we see it, that takes away from other stuff. Look, I think the Tennessee Titans are going to have a get right game against the Texans. They're going to curb stomp them. They're going to put their throats right on there and crush their tracheas. Sorry, Tyrod, I know that's probably a little bit uh, tricky with your lung situation, but they're they're done. The Tennessee Tickle Monsters are going to destroy that team. And on top of that, this offense is just going to look so much better. I think it will be a great game to lead into the Patriots game, which the Patriots are the most overhyped team in the NFL currently. We'll see if that stays that way this week, which they play the Falcons, so probably. But we'll get more into that next week. What a tease. As a professional tease. tease. Yeah, this is one of those situations where we actually had more to get to today than we wanted to, but we've already held you all to like 75 minutes and we're going to let you go. But 
Zach's right. The the Texans game should and needs to be a tune-up game for the Titans offense, and that, that could that could be an an ugly, well, an ugly win would not exactly clarify. But he's right. This should be a beatdown. So, look, enjoy yourselves. Be a calm, rational Titans fan. I know that's hard for a lot of you all to do, but embrace the tickle. Embrace the local media. We're all here for you, even though we like to hype something you don't like because it, it, it crushes your masculinity. I'm not exactly sorry about that. It's football and other F-words. Zach and I, every week. I'm your host, Michael Gillum, which, by the way, you want to talk about nicknames, Mr. Lebowski? Don't create a nickname for yourself and then have it get out of control. Because when I introduce myself as my real name, people don't know who the fuck I am. They have to call me Lebowski. That's never going away, by the way. So I'm your host, Mr. Lebowski. It's Zach and I. You've just been out. A Broadway Sports Media Production.